This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA, crisis on the border between Belarus and Poland. This is a challenge to the whole of the European Union. And this is not a migration crisis. This is the attempt of an authoritarian regime to try to destabilize its democratic neighbors. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen a week ago after a meeting with President Biden at the White House. On this episode, Peter Stano, spokesman for the European Commission, joins us with the latest. This is basically a hybrid attack against the European Union and the people, the suffering people we see in the border region are a consequence of a brazen challenge by autocratic Lukashenko regime to challenge the European Union for the fact that we are keeping up the pressure on him uh, with sanctions due to his ongoing repression against his own population. But what about the people caught in the middle? This is very unfortunate that actually human beings are caught in the middle and they are being misused by Lukashenko regime. So this is fully the responsibility of uh, Belarusian regime to take care of them. Coming up on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. What you're hearing is some of the chaos on the border between Belarus and Poland. Migrants that have been essentially brought to Belarus by the Lukashenko regime, dumped on the border and essentially pushed to try to cross into Poland illegally. Poland is fighting back, saying that this is a situation where migrants have been weaponized by Belarus. Belarus says nothing of the sort. In the meantime, people are caught in the middle. On this episode of Target USA, we have Peter Stano. He's the spokesman for the European Commission to tell us exactly what's going on, how we got here, and where this situation is going. Peter, thank you for joining us. Um, the situation in uh, on the border of Poland and Belarus seems to get worse by the day. It's our understanding here that, um, you know, a number of people have died um, and this crisis doesn't seem to be improving at this point. Um, you know, we would you please tell us how we got mm-hmm. to this point? Well, first of all, let's not talk about uh, humanitarian catastrophe or migratory crisis, because this is uh, this is basically a hybrid attack against the European Union and the people, the suffering people we see in the border region are a consequence of a brazen challenge by autocratic Lukashenko regime to challenge the European Union and to, to pressurize it for the fact that we are keeping up the pressure on him uh, with sanctions due to his ongoing repression against his own population since August last 
last year when he manipulated the presidential elections and subsequently started to uh, brutally uh, push back on the peaceful protesters who didn't agree with him manipulating the elections and keeping the power. So this is uh, how we got into situation which we are facing right now. It's been going on since summer, since, yeah. since August this year, we've seen this uh, instrumentalization of migration, which became uh, so dramatic over the last few weeks. All right. So tell us exactly what this is. Hybrid attack, you say, and the instrumentalization, uh, weaponization, basically, of people. What exactly has Belarus done? Lukashenko regime decided to fight back against the European Union for our unwavering support for the democratization of Belarus. We imposed sanctions against him because of the manipulation of elections and because of the ongoing repression against his own population for violation of human rights, of uh, civil society, independent media, political opposition, etc. So he decided that uh, based maybe on the experience from the past that he would use the uh, migration as a uh, tool to harm the European Union. But he missed one point that since 2015 situation changed dramatically and we are standing up to any form of attack and to any form of anyone trying to misuse the migrants to create pressure on the European Union. And what Lukashenko regime does, he goes around in third countries such as Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, uh, etc. And he is making advertisement saying, come to Belarus, it will be so easy for you to come to the European Union through Belarus. So he is luring people from third countries and the false promise uh, to come to Belarus that it will be easy for them to come to the EU. When they come to Belarus through regular airlines, through regular travel agencies, he is shipping them to the borders on the buses uh, accompanied by security forces who are then keeping them in the border area and pushing them on the EU border making them to attempt attempt to cross in the EU through the natural and green border uh, illegally. So mm -hmm. this is the, the scheme of the regime. This is inhumane and this is illegal because he is misusing people and he is weaponizing them in order to pressurize the European Union. So why don't the people, once they realize this isn't what they thought it was, leave? Can Are, are their documents still intact? Do they still have them? What, what, is, what prevents them from just leaving Belarus? Well, this is hard for us to say because obviously we don't have access to Belarusian territory. They are on Belarusian territory. They've been brought there by the state machinery and they are being kept on the Belarusian territory by the state security apparatus. Uh, we don't know whether they, their uh, documents have been confiscated, but we know that the security forces of Lukashenko regime are not allowing them to leave the border areas or have not been allowing them because over the last few hours, actually, we've seen some people uh, returning back to Minsk and being repatriated. This is the case mostly of Iraqis for whom the Iraqi government actually sent flights for voluntary repatriation. But until very recently, the security forces of Belarus were preventing these people to go back inland in case uh, they would give up their attempts to cross illegally into the European Union. This is very inhuman scheme. This is artificially created migratory crisis orchestrated by a state, by the regime, which, uh, which uh, doesn't mind misusing people for, for such really deplorable activities as instrumentalization of migration and trying to undermine the European Union. So... It's my understanding, and many of us here in the West, is, as you mentioned, what uh, Lukashenko has been doing is going to third countries. So he's actually been either chartering planes or taking planes from Belarus to these countries to border areas like in the Middle East, Syria, <laughs> Afghanistan, and other places, and telling people come to Belarus for free or for whatever. 
Uh, and then um, basically he's tricking them by going to these places and promising them something they can't access. But it's he's actually flying the planes there to get them. Is that right? Absolutely. He's tricking people and he's using extensive uh, network of uh, Belarusian embassies, consulates, travel agencies affiliated somehow with the regime or people close to the regime. He's using intermediaries. He's using social medias. So he's advertising basically uh, all around the world or in the specifically chosen target countries where people have no idea that it's impossible to come to the EU via Belarus. So he is misusing either the lack of knowledge or the naivety of the people or the desperation of the people and then makes them to use even the regular airlines, uh, enabling uh, regular flights to take place between those countries and Belarus. Of course, uh, enabling charter flights. Uh, Belavia, the Belarusian state company, airline uh, company, is also very active in this. So uh, he is using a mixture of um, of uh, tools in order to achieve his aims. And that's why we reached out to a number of countries who are being misused as uh, countries of origin, countries of target, uh, countries of transit, or whose airlines and airports have been misused for this. We We've been talking to them as a consequence, for example, Iraqi Airways suspended flights from Iraq to Belarus. Turkish Airlines toughened up controls of um, passengers flying to Belarus, not accepting and not selling one-way tickets. Um, other airlines are taking measures as well. So Shamwings, a uh, Syrian company, actually suspended flights because they said they are not able to guarantee that uh, their passengers would become potential migrants. So this is uh, the international pressure, international cooperation, which also leads to results. But in the end, uh, it's orchestrated by the state, by Lukashenko regime. And let me correct one thing. He is not offering them to come for free. He he is making it easier for them either to get visas, but they are paying a lot of money. It's a few thousand of dollars or euros in order to come to Belarus. So he is cashing out these people in addition to misusing them as weapons against the European Union. Now, they're in Belarus they're stuck. Um, they want to get into Poland. Poland is not letting them go through, and it's been pretty well documented. We've seen water cannons and supposedly tear gas used against these migrants or these people now. Um, what does the EU say about that decision to do that? Well, first of all, every country is entitled, and it's not only uh, Poland as a member of the European Union, but every single country in the world is entitled to protect its territory against anyone trying to break the law and force an illegal entry. These people have been amassed on Polish-Belarusian border and Lithuanian-Belarusian border and Latvian-Belarusian border by Lukashenko regime, and they are being pushed and equipped to cross the border illegally, not through a reg regular border crossing, but through the green line, through the nature uh, border. So this is unacceptable. And then these people are incited to throw rocks uh, to cut through the fences. I mean, imagine a refugee who is equipped with an axe or with a with a cutter uh, for to to overcome the barbed wire. It's so obvious that the regime of Lukashenko is supplying these uh, tools to them in order to provoke the EU. So, of course, having water cannons, having uh, police in uh, in body armor and equipped in order to enforce the laws and protect their territory is, I think, a natural answer every country would do, especially if we know what we are facing. And we are not facing a wave of desperate people trying to flee persecution because Belarus is, by the way, a safe country and Belarus is not the Belarus is not on the usual migratory route. So we know this is state orchestrated artificial thing in order to pressurize the EU and we will stand up to this hybrid attack and we will push back because this is about protecting our borders. What about the people that are caught in the middle? What can be done for them? <laughs> 
this is very unfortunate that actually human beings are caught in the middle and they are being misused by Lukashenko regime. So this is fully the responsibility of uh, Belarusian regime to take care of them. First of all, to allow them to leave the border region and not to keep them there by force. Because until very, very recently, these people have been forced to stay there. Um, so allowing them the entry back into Belarusian inland is one of the first steps. Then allowing them return home, allowing them the repatriation, that second step. There are countries like Iraq, for example, that already started the repatriation of uh, its citizens from Belarus back to Iraq. And third, very important, is to allow access of international organizations and humanitarian agencies to the area to provide what is needed for those people who have been caught there. Let's remember, they are on Belarusian territory. They've been brought there by Belarusian regime and it's responsibility and international obligation of the Belarusian regime to take care of them or at least to allow the international organizations to come and help. We know that the Belarusian regime is not reasonable and people have died. I mean, I know this is a difficult situation and it is a political situation, but is there anything that the EU, the West or anyone can do more than just say, okay, Belarus, you know what the right thing to do is, do it, because they're not going to do it. Of course, the best answer is concentrated international effort. That's why we are working with international organizations, of which, by the way, Belarus is a member, so it has certain obligations there. And we are working with international partners also in order to make sure that Lukashenko regime stops bringing people to Belarus and allows those people who are stuck in Belarus either to go back home or provide for them. They came to Belarus and Belarus is... uh, considered to be safe country. There is no war, so these people are safe there. They can apply for asylum there. These are the asylum rules. So, I mean, you know, they are not in distress, in such a distress that they will have to continue and leave uh, Belarus. They can stay on Belarusian territory. They are the responsibility of Belarusian authorities. And we need to, uh, in a concentrated efforts with international international organizations and partners, to make it very sure, uh, very clear to the Belarusian authorities that this is their responsibility. And by the way, this is a message we are conveying also to Russia because the political leadership in Minsk and in Moscow is cooperating so closely on so many things. They have strong and close ties. So we are calling on Russia to use its influence to make Lukashenko stop what he is doing and to take care of these people or allow the international organizations to take care of them along the usual practice, uh, which is which is absolutely normal and usual in, in such situations. So this was a hybrid attack. And essentially it is maybe not by the legal definition, an act of war, but it sounds very close to me that it is uh, close to an act of war. So then doesn't uh, Poland or the EU, shouldn't Poland or the EU essentially take it as an act of war and respond? Well, we don't want to use the the war-style rhetorics. It's clear that this is a hybrid attack because migration is being weaponized. Migration is being instrumentalized. People are being misused. This is typical hybrid warfare. It's accompanied by massive disinformation campaign. Disinformation is also um, another instrument of uh, hybrid attack. But uh, fighting it back, I mean, this is not like having a war. We fight it back through standing up to these pressures, to countering them, and to use everything we can, including sanctions, for example, but including also international outreach in order to stop it, to take take away the possibility for Lukashenko 
to misuse people by bringing them to Belarus. So we want to, and we need to stop the flow of people to Belarus. This is, uh, I mean, we are succeeding. We are talking to countries. The countries are taking measures. The international airlines are taking measures. And uh, countering uh, Lukashenko, uh, what he does now is only in order to cover up for the ongoing repression that is going on in Belarus uh, against the civilian population. Lukashenko is continuing with a wide scale violation of human rights of his people, of all his critics, of the civil society, independent media, uh, opposition. And uh, we have been sanctioning him for this, depriving him of, uh, of financial resources. We continue with the sanctions. Of course, he is not happy. The sanctions are biting him. So he starts to behave irrationally, misusing migration. But we have shown him that he will not succeed. This will not work. We've been very clear last year in spring when something similar was happening on the Turkish-Greek borders, that migrants were sent to the borders and told the border to the EU is open. Go, go. Actually, it was not open and we, we, we stood up to that and we pushed it back. So Lukashenko should realize that he will not be successful in this and he's only harming himself, his regime and in the end his country because the reputation of the country, I think, suffers if everyone around the world sees what he is doing to vulnerable people, misusing them for his political objectives. One, one final area here. Um, Russia has, as you've mentioned, been very closely tied to Belarus, Belarus's activities here. But we also know that Russia is not reasonable either, at least under the current regime. We just uh, look back at earlier this week uh, when Russia launched a missile to blow up an old satellite, uh, which essentially put at risk the space station with uh, American, German and their own Russian cosmonauts aboard this space station. So there's just another example of Russia saying to the world, forget you, we don't care about you or what you think. So how long does the West continue to play this game with Russia? Well, with um, all the disagreements and uh, issues we have with Russia nowadays, including uh, annexation, illegal annexation of Ukrainian territory and uh, supporting basically a civil war in parts of Ukrainian territory, um, I would I would distinguish a little bit between the what the Lukashenko regime is doing and what Putin is doing, because Putin could have done something similar a long time ago. He has the means, but he is not opting for such brazen challenges, such inhuman challenges uh, towards uh, the world community or international community, because he knows this is simply not acceptable. The power struggle, trying to portray and make his country to be world power with all of what it entails, having you know nuclear capacities or space capacities or the examples you just mentioned, is a different league and different way of showing uh, your influence or your aspirations or your willingness to confront the world. But even Putin, with his ways and with his illegal annexation of Crimea, which was done in a very sophisticated military way, uh, violating international law, but yet he did it as a military operation, well-prepared and executed military operation. He would not dare to do something so deplorable and so inhumane as shipping people to his country and then pushing them into situation of humanitarian distress at the borders with the European Union. So there is, I think, a huge difference. And uh, as I said, we call on Russia and we, we think Russia could use its influence to bring him to senses. And the Russians are doing it in a way. I mean, you noticed what happened after Lukashenko threatened to cut the gas supplies and gas transit to Europe because it's Russian gas. So, of course, the Russians were not very happy that he came up with this idea and they stopped him. 
So Russia has a role. We hope that Russia will use its role in the same way as we hope that Russia will use its role in the Syrian conflict or in the conflict uh, in Libya or in the context of the Iran nuclear deal. Russia is a player and Russia is a member of the United Nations Security Council uh, holding a veto possibility. So we need to engage with Russia and we need to find ways how to deal with Russia both in pushing back on what Russia is doing against international law, but also to engage with Russia when it's uh, in our interest. But Russia and Belarus are in different leagues, both when it comes to the need to cooperate, but also when it comes to the methods the leaderships and the politic, uh, political elites are using in order to, to show what they want to achieve from the European Union or from the international community. Uh, I'll just add this one thing in there. Russia actually did do the same thing in 2015 and 2016 in, in Norway and Finland, where, you know, the bicycles on the border, you probably remember that. Um, it wasn't as 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 brazen as this, but it was the same thing, you know, telling migrants that they could go into the, those countries trying to overwhelm them. I'm just wondering, um, finally, if you have any final thoughts about adjusting Russia's and Belarus's behavior and the confrontation that they both seem to, to want to have with the West and certainly the EU uh, and reminding them of their behavior and, and, and how it's not going to work again, as the president, Ursula von der Leyen, said last week, it's not going to work. Well, I think the only the only way forward is uh, to use the mixture of all the instruments we have at our disposal, meaning um, sanctions and repression when it's necessary, when the international law is really openly violated or when our interests are being attacked and violated. And on the other hand, engagement, because only in engagement, not in isolation, you can achieve the change of behavior and change of thinking. You can convey your messages. You can explain your point of view and listen to the partner, actually, what are his problems, what are his grievances, in order to see whether we can find a way out. And this is uh, an approach we are applying to Russia, but we have also red lines and you know like we still have sanctions on on uh, sectors of russian economy there are financial sanctions against russia there are sanctions against the members of the uh, of the russian political elites and business community so i mean you know when necessary we are sanctioning we are we are reacting but also in order to preserve and protect our interests and to achieve some solutions when we have stakes, for example, on other international issues, we have to engage. There's no way around it and no one would benefit from isolating Russia. Uh, Belarus is completely different case. I mean, Belarus is uh, the regime in Belarus is conducting oppression and repression on such a wide scale that we simply cannot be silent. Even in Russia, where every now and then political opponents or journalists are being killed by the state uh, mm. affiliated entities, it's still is not on such a large scale of uh, wide scale repression against civilian population the way Lukashenko regime is doing. There are more than 35,000 people detained, 800 more than 800 political prisoners. This is absolutely unacceptable. And this is why our approach to Belarus is we are standing up to this and we will call out Belarusian regime in international forums and create international pressure uh, on the country because the only thing Lukashenko will achieve is to further isolate himself and his regime on, in the international scene. And the only body that will stay for him there is, is really just Russia. Peter Stano, spokesman for the European Commission. This isn't over by a long shot and we'll keep on it until there is some resolution. In the meantime, coming up on our next episode, where does it end? 
Disinformation, election meddling, weaponizing migrants, shooting down satellites, endangering its own cosmonauts. What is Russia's endgame? That's coming up in our next episode. If you have any questions or comments about Target USA, send me an email. You can reach me at jgreen at wtop.com. That's the letter J, the color green, one word, at whiskeytangooscarpapa.com. jgreen at wtop.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and please follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. If you want more national security information, sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff. And you can sign up at WTOP.com slash email. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Hey guys, Jay Cutler. Started a new podcast called Uncut with Jay Cutler. Most of you know me from the NFL. Some of you have seen me on Instagram. And some of you know me from the reality TV world. Each week I'm taking you along with me as we discuss football, trending topics, and whatever's going on in my life each week. I'm bringing along people that are special in my life. Former teammates, friends, and some new people that I like and respect. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Podcasting? I think I'm doing this right. Can't wait to get started with you. Go subscribe now. Uncut with Jay Cutler. Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.